Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility presents the Vermont Conversation with David Goodman, exploring ideas with innovators, changemakers, business leaders, politicians, and activists. This special feature from Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility is underwritten in part by the Alchemist Brewery of Waterbury and Stowe, proud B Corp, using the power of business to support a clean environment and economic opportunity for all. Vermont Student Assistance Corporation. VSAC helps students of all ages save, plan, and pay for college and career training with education and career planning services, need-based grants, scholarships, low-cost education loans, and Vermont's official 529 college savings plan. Green Mountain Power, delivering clean, cost-effective, and highly reliable power to customers and offering cutting-edge products and services to reduce costs and carbon. UVM Medical Center, Burlington, Vermont, the heart and science of medicine. Norwich Solar Technologies, providing complete clean energy services to Vermont schools, towns, nonprofits, and businesses. Concept 2, designers and manufacturers of Concept 2 rowing oars, indoor rower, ski erg, and bike erg, and proud to support nonprofit groups such as the Green Mountain Club. Let's Grow Kids, a statewide campaign about the need for more high-quality, affordable childcare in Vermont to better support our children, families, communities, and economy. And nearly 700 VBSR business members who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit. Learn more at www.vbsr.org. Welcome to the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. In the midst of the current pandemic, it's easy to miss the fact that there's a lot of other news going on, such as the fact that there are candidates running for office here in Vermont. Today, we're joined by Molly Gray, who is running for lieutenant governor as a Democrat. She's one of five candidates for lieutenant governor. The primary is August 11th. Gray is an assistant attorney general. She graduated from the University of Vermont in 2006 and worked for Representative Peter Welch uh, for his congressional campaign that year and then served as an aide to Welch in Washington before returning to Vermont to attend Vermont Law School. She graduated Vermont Law School in 2014. Molly Gray, welcome to the Vermont Conversation. Hi, David. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. Well, let's uh, begin at the beginning and uh, tell us why you are running for lieutenant governor. Well, thanks. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm a big listener and it's great to sort of virtually be in Waterbury and in the Valley. And uh, thanks to everyone who's tuning in today. Uh, So I'm a fourth generation Vermonter, uh, born and raised in Orange County in a town called Newberry and uh, on Four Corners Farm where my folks and family still farm today. I'm a proud product of Vermont's education system. And as you said, I I worked for our congressman, Peter Welch, down in Washington. And over the last decade, I've worked uh, for the Red Cross and international initiatives and humanitarian response and assistance as a federal, as a clerk to a federal judge in Rutland uh, to the Second Circuit Court of Appeals and now as an assistant attorney general. And I think here in Vermont, we've talked a lot about our demographic challenges, and I've witnessed and experienced them as someone who's um, you know, worked here in Vermont, worked uh, outside the state, and, and then chose to come home to be closer to family. And I think what we know is that we've allowed so many Vermonters to live without access to broadband, without access to affordable housing, without access to childcare or healthcare, and we're really at a crossroads. And if we're going to change uh, our state to keep people here, to bring uh, more people home or to attract more people to the state, we need to have a future 
that's uh, prosperous and viable, a, a future where our rural communities can thrive, where we're the best place to raise and support families, and I want to talk more about that today, and that we can truly take care of the land and environment uh, and our incredible diversified, diversified agricultural economy for the next generation. So I'm running for lieutenant governor to bring my experience from Orange County and rural Vermont, from our education system, uh, you know, as a farmer's daughter, as an attorney general, assistant attorney general and public servant, and as someone who has a lot of experience with humanitarian response uh, and relief uh, to the lieutenant governor's office and to provide all of us a unified, collaborative, uh, thoughtful, reliable leader as we face some of our greatest challenges. You mentioned uh, the work you've done in humanitarian relief. I know that you've worked with the International Committee of the Red Cross overseas. Um, Tell us a little bit about what you did and, more importantly, how you feel like that experience informs your reaction and your response to the, the current situation that we face. Sure. So I I went down to Washington to work for Congressman Welch uh, shortly after he was elected, helping him set up his office. And you probably remember it was in 2006, 2007, the height of the Iraq war. There were a lot of U.S. operations happening overseas um, in Iraq, Afghanistan. Uh, Guantanamo had a number of detainees. And the International Committee of the Red Cross, which is based in Geneva, it's one of the original uh, Red Cross um, members, as sort of the founding member, uh, they opened an office in Washington and were uh, reviewing the conditions and treatment of detainees at Guantanamo, and they were hiring a congressional affairs person. So I went to work for them and actually was based in Washington for three and a half years, but led field missions of U.S. policymakers into the Congo, DRC Congo, Uganda, uh, the Western Balkans, into Georgia to try to help the U.S. government understand the importance of uh, humanitarian response and what that looks like, and also ensuring that anyone within U.S. custody was treated with um, in compliance with the Geneva Convention. So from that, for me, what I can say from humanitarian response is that we have to abide by humanitarian principles. And I don't want to get too much in the weeds here, but it's neutral, independent humanitarian action, which means we identify the needs, we do a real needs assessment, and that we don't discriminate in how we care for our neighbors and care for our communities. So I'm used to working with diverse groups across party lines, um, bringing Republicans and Democrats together uh, in humanitarian response, and that's what I would bring to the lieutenant governor's office at a time where we have to come together as a state and put you know, people before politics, certainly. So let's talk a little bit about this office. The lieutenant governor's office in Vermont um, is, uh, you know, around the country, uh, you have some lieutenant governor and governors that are elected as a slate. Here, you're elected differently, uh, separately. So you could be in a situation where uh, if Governor Scott is reelected and you are elected, uh, you will be of different parties. Uh, not an unusual situation here in Vermont. We've seen that that's the current situation, and it has been often the case. What a challenge do you see that posing to you, and um, how would you deal with that? It is interesting here in Vermont that we have a lieutenant governor and governor that aren't elected on the same slate. It 
you know, I've been working in the attorney general's office as an assistant attorney general. And as, as you may know, the attorney general is also separately elected, but does have counsels or assistant attorney generals who work in, um, in different agencies and departments. So I already experienced that sort of collaboration from two separately elected uh, offices, you know, every day in my own work. But as I said previously, I think now is really a time where we have to put people in progress here in Vermont before politics. And before deciding to run for lieutenant governor, I took some time to talk to all of our former lieutenant governors. I haven't talked to Brian Doobie yet, uh, but but most all of them. And in talking about how to be a real collaborator, uh, how to bring people together and sat down with Governor Scott and talked to him about why I'm running and and our demographic challenges and really being a partner for this administration and for the legislature on how we solve them. Everything from housing and education, student loan debt, paid family leave, you know, sort of my priorities is what I, and what I see as the constellation of issues that are going to help us um, in Vermont. But I will work with the governor, whomever he or she may be, you know, whichever party and, now is a time when we need everyone at the table. We need to move forward together. And we really need, in my mind, more, you know, more Vermont in Montpelier, someone who, you know, understands our rural communities in Orange County, where I grew up, um, understands our agricultural community. Uh, you know, you know as, a, as a lawyer, I have a, a lot of good relationships around the state with attorneys. And I think, um, you know, a real broad base of support that could really be a unifying force for, for the office and for the governor. So I, I don't see a challenge. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do as an assistant attorney general. Sure, sure. Well, I'm actually on a taking a day off today, so I'm uh, taking a vacation day this morning. I volunteered with Meals on Wheels, and I'm excited to be on your show on my lunch break. But and I, I don't want to talk too much about uh, my work because I want to respect the the office. And as a prosecutor, we often don't comment on the cases we're working on. But generally speaking, uh, I serve as an assistant attorney general in the criminal division. So we work on a number of cases uh, with law enforcement and victims advocates around the state with state's attorneys statewide, everything from statewide investigations, including the investigations here in Vermont into uh, the Catholic Church and St. Joseph's Orphanage, um, to homicide investigations. Uh, We do a lot of reviews of officer-involved shootings. You know, I can say that we've had more officer-involved shootings in Vermont in the last year than we have in, in a number of years. And I think there's a lot that you know can be said about you know, supporting our law enforcement who are really on the front lines and in, in responding to some of our greatest mental health challenges. But you know, we really work as a team in the Attorney General's office and then working statewide um, with with uh, the state's attorneys, victim advocates, and uh, law enforcement officials, and also our restored, our incredible restorative justice community, which I've had the, the opportunity to work with and, and feel, you know, the, the reason I came to the attorney general's office is because I feel very strongly about kind of a human rights-based approach to prosecution. And, you know, I think that's something that the attorney general also uh, has taken steps on and believes in. It's been a real advocate for restorative justice here in Vermont. You're listening to Vermont Conversation, and we're spending this half hour talking with Molly Gray. She is a candidate for lieutenant governor 
if you want to join the conversation, if you have any uh, questions for Molly, you can call us at 244-1777. Uh, Molly, uh, the lieutenant governor's job is um, a bit unusual in that it, it you don't really get to dictate policy um, and uh, you do you would be the head of the Senate. Why leave a job at, such as the one you're describing as an assistant AG where you're, you know, really kind of hands on for something that, um, you know, Lieutenant Governor isn't able to actually execute a lot of the policies that uh, he or she may have? The Lieutenant Governor's office brings an incredible opportunity, I think, to to actually address some of our policy uh, initiatives and efforts at a time when we may need to rethink where we're going and what we're doing as we come out of COVID-19. For me, deciding to run for lieutenant governor was really about our demographic challenges. And where I grew up in Newberry, I was, I was just home at the farm last week and talking to my brother. And he said, Molly, get in the truck. We're going for a drive. So we, you know, driving around uh, our small town and he was pointing out open house open house, open house, and pointing at our neighbors and our rural communities are shrinking. And 20% of our population here in Vermont is over the age of 65. And don't get me wrong, that's not old, but we don't have a real plan, I think, to keep a generation here, to really offer the best of Vermont to a generation and to keep a generation excited about uh, working here, living here, raising a family, and to bring a generation back or to draw a new generation here. So I see that as the greatest opportunity for the lieutenant governor's office to make that the focus of the office, to be a real partner, again, for the governor, whomever that may be, and the the legislature. And, and working on those you know three issues that I sort of identified, um, helping our rural communities thrive, you know, from broadband to co-working spaces and economic development, um, workforce development, uh, paid family leave, which I'm a, a strong proponent of, and I, I can talk a little bit more about that, and uh, saving our, our land and environment for the next generation, which I think is part of the package that, that will make Vermont a prosperous place for the next generation. Okay, we have a caller on the line. Fred is calling from Washington. Uh, Fred, um, what's your question for Molly Gray? Well, she was saying how the families don't want to stay in Vermont, or they can't afford to stay in Vermont anymore. The tax rate's over three dollars a hundred in the state of Florida. It's eighty-six cents. So if you have a hundred thousand dollar home, you pay eight hundred dollars tax there. You pay three thousand here. It does, and as far as the justified police shootings that they're investigating. They shot an 84-year-old man in his apartment because he had a knife. You didn't have no pepper spray. You didn't have no fire extinguisher. I'd walk up and take the knife from a man. I wouldn't even care if he stabbed me with a bulletproof vest on. I'm not going to shoot this man dead in, in his apartment because he's being evicted from a housing authority. And the Democratic view is, you know, everything's wrong. It's just totally wrong. What, what party is she from? I'll take my answers about the air. Okay, thanks, Fred. Molly Gray. Yeah, Fred, thank you so much for calling in and um, taking the time to share your thoughts and concerns. You know, Vermont is uh, a beautiful place, right? We're so lucky to have so many resources, and it's not affordable. Uh, I am 
I think it's pretty clear. Some dates have been thrown around. I am 36 years old. I have student loan debt. I do not own a home. I still rent. Um, I work two jobs, and I have most of my life. I bartended my way through law school working at the Worthy Burger. And there are so many people who want to come home to be closer to mom and dad who have gone to school here um, or have left to go to school and, and want to come home. And trying to figure out how to make it work. So I think that's where we need to look at an office like the lieutenant governor's office and say, how can we think about um, the cost of living here, affordable housing, uh, paid family leave and different benefits that are going to make Vermont more affordable, affordable childcare, affordable health care, and COVID-19 and what we've experienced through this crisis, I think, has Um, identified for us where we need to put our focus, and that's on making sure the essential needs of all Vermonters are taken care of. Uh, With regards to the the officer-involved shooting that was mentioned, um, I think it's an incredibly challenging situation. I don't want to reflect on uh, the decision of the Attorney General's office, but just to say that personally, my belief is that we do need to think more about how we're responding to mental health crises in Vermont and, and put some, um, some funding and policy uh, behind that. And maybe it's creating a task force or a particular initiative because uh, we are seeing a trend here in the state and it is troubling. So thank you for the question, Molly, Fred. Molly, if you are elected, you would be uh, just the fourth woman to serve in as Lieutenant Governor of Vermont. The last one, uh, finished was Barbara Snelling. She finished her term in 1997, and prior to that, it was Madeline Cunin who uh, <clears throat> served for four years. And then going way back, uh, the uh, first one uh, before Madeline Cunin was Consuela Bailey, who served two years from 1955 to 1957. Uh, as you can tell, I'm a history buff. Um, what does it mean to you to be one of the few women who would serve as lieutenant governor in Vermont? Well, first and foremost, uh, I would represent every Vermonter, and I believe every Vermonter deserves a voice in Montpelier. I was thinking uh, over the last couple of days about Mother's Day coming up on Sunday, and you know, I certainly would love to have children of my own someday. And I said, well, you know, if I had a daughter, I would want her to enter a world where uh, it's as common to see women in statewide office as it is to see men, and that's not unusual. And the same goes for some of our professions. Let's see more women as uh, electric vehicle technicians, you know, as we see women as educators and nurses. So I'd like to be a, a you know, a person who continues to pave the way for others. Um, I don't think my agenda changes you know, in any significant way, other than that I believe very, very strongly in um, using the office to ensure that women are are well represented in in our needs and and uh, you know efforts and the things that I think um, women are more impacted by are well represented you know from childcare and elder care the things that we as women provide in the state I think that does impact the way that we think about policy but I mean Madeline Cunin just to to speak about her for a moment, she has been such a trailblazer in Vermont. You know, for me personally, she's been a mentor and friend. She in, provided an endorsement out of the gate and encouraged me to run. So um, 
I certainly feel like I'm standing on the shoulders of so many women in Vermont, but I look forward to the day that we have a first woman in the attorney general's office, a woman in Washington and more women in statewide statewide office, including in the lieutenant governor's office. Why do you think Vermont, which has been progressive in other areas, has really been uh, a laggard when it comes to women in high office? Of course, Madeline Kunin being the only woman who served in governor and Vermont being now the only state of the 50 that has never sent a woman to Washington. I don't want to speak poorly of our incredible congressional delegation, Congressman Welch, Senator Sanders, Senator Leahy, and Senator Leahy in particular has done so much for women, um, been a champion in the judiciary and on the Senate Appropriations Committee. You know, we're a small state that oftentimes punches above our weight. I think that we do like incumbents and we do like to get people in office and keep people uh, in office. But um, you know, I think that that's probably the reason. I think that once we elect a woman, and I hope we do here soon, and, and particularly uh, with the lieutenant governor's office, that we will see more and more women in office. And I, I participated in Emerge Vermont, which is a program that does train women, and there are women all over the state who are running for select board and legislature. Um, and I think this is just the, the beginning of a, a very diverse and inclusive Vermont that has more women in statewide office. Let's talk a little bit about the dynamics of your race. Uh, there are four Democrats in the race, including you. Uh, the others are Senate President Pro Tem Tim Ash, uh, State Senator Debbie Ingram, and Brenda Siegel, who ran for governor uh, several years ago. What distinguishes you from the others in the race? Sure. Well, I grew up in in Vermont. I grew up in in rural Vermont. I'm, as I said, a fourth-generation Vermonter who grew up on a working vegetable and dairy farm. Uh, My dad and brother are both vets. My brother's in a rock war vet and is at home now helping to run the farm. I I'm a product of Vermont's education system. As you mentioned earlier, I went to UVM and Vermont Law School. Uh, I love this state. It's my home. I feel like a life well-lived is a life-serving Vermont, and I feel incredibly committed to that. Um, I also think we're just at a unique place in our history as a state where we need someone who understands humanitarian response. Uh, we need someone who's going to be a steady hand at the tiller, but also unite us, unite us um, across the states. It's not two Vermonts, Chittenden County and the rest of Vermont. We have to be all of Vermont. And I'm certainly someone who believes in listening more than speaking and, and bringing people together to listen, to, to listen to people as we talk about the Vermont we want and to to invest in our future. And in many ways, I, I, know, do, I do believe it's time for the next generation of leadership to, to step forward. And I'm, I'm part of that effort. And, and I really want to be a uniting force for Vermont. I know that some of the issues that you've advocated are personal for you, like paid family leave. Talk about what happened to for you and your family that um, and why this is important to you. Yeah, Paid family leave is personal. As I mentioned earlier, 20% of our population here in the state is over 65, and that's not old. But um, a family member of mine uh, does suffer from a 
a challenging and debilitating autoimmunitary disease. And last spring, I was in the attorney general's office. And this is no disrespect to the attorney general. This is just our policy as a state. But a um, family member was in the hospital and I had used up all my banked uh, vacation days and sick days to care for her. And I, you know, we were trying, we were in crisis as a family and I'm trying to care for her. And then I realized that I'm out of, out of days. So I was going to have to take unpaid leave. And as someone, you know, who works for the state, I don't have a ton of money saved up and I'm paying student loans and paying my rent. And I had this moment where I thought I should not have to choose between caring for my family and paying my bills. And ultimately, um, a family member got better and I didn't have to make that decision. But I know now that Vermonters are making those decisions every single day. So that was a large trigger for me in, in terms of just thinking about the Vermont that we want and Vermont where we're caring for family. And uh, when the paid family leave bill did not come up before the Senate last spring. I was pretty shocked. and I, I felt like there was maybe a disconnect between reality and Montpelier. Um, I was glad to see that more effort was taken in this legislative session, but I believe we still have a, a ways to go. And, and COVID-19 has exposed the absolute imperative need to have a paid universal paid family leave here in Vermont, as well as, as childcare. Um, there are so many families, parents right now who are juggling, distance learning, uh, taking care of elders, taking care of kids, and trying to, to meet the hours required by their jobs so they can pay the bills. So we as Vermonters are going to take care of our neighbors, and um, I, I absolutely commit to being an advocate uh, on paid family leave as lieutenant governor. Okay. Well, Molly Gray, I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Vermont Conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Molly Gray is a candidate for lieutenant governor in Vermont. She is a Democrat, and the primary is August 11th. I'm David Goodman. You're listening to Vermont Conversation. Stay tuned.